Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew podcast, where we engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss, from two undisclosed locations somewhere in the Midwest. Here are your hosts, Stephen Witten and Ryan Ramsey. You just have to be careful, because all of those choices that you make have consequences. Um, when we put something on Facebook, it is a direct reflection of who we are when somebody reads into it. It's not just reading it, it's reading into it as well. Welcome to the Elephant in the Pew podcast, season two. This is the show where we engage in the topics everyone wants to talk about, but nobody wants to discuss. I'm Stephen Witten. And I'm Ryan Ramsey. The show is brought to you by ElephantPew.com, your one-stop shop for everything Elephant in the Pew. Also, a great place to find your links to Stephen and I's own personal blogs. Check it out at ElephantPew.com. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day, night, evening, morning. Whenever you decided to listen to us today, we are so happy um, that you made us a part of your day. Today, we I'm are so talking happy. about... Yeah. <laughs> Today, we are talking about something that is a little bit of a hot button issue. We're going to be talking about social justice warriors or oh. activism in general. Oh, and specifically talking about not just social justice warriors, but Christian social justice warriors. And if those two things can actually uh, coexist. Mm, that's a question, we- isn't it? <laughs> that's a question isn't it it is yes and you could probably phrase that question into a question saying that's a question isn't it (laughs) (laughs) well yeah it's it's all about the inflection right it's all about the inflection it's all about the inflection no treble no treble right Uh inflection um (laughs) so ryan you you brought this up you you mm -hmm. uh you uh, sent me the the text today saying, let's talk about this. And I said, okay. So um, I'll, yeah. let you, I'll let you take over. I didn't mean to confuse you. I, um, <clears throat> I've just, I have a Facebook account, you know? And so if you've been around lately, um, everybody and their mother is now knows everything about politics and world foreign relations and you know, everything. So I, uh, I get a little, a little perturbed sometimes reading the old Facebook news feed. Um, you know, there's times that I wish that I didn't need it for this show and church and other things because I would really just never look at it again. Because um, I'm one of those crazy people who actually doesn't really have another way of keeping up with um, friends from high school and college other than that. So I literally go on there to look at the things people make fun of like baby pictures and job promotions and when my friends move and I can be happy for them or pray for them, you know, things like that. Um, and so that's why I use Facebook, but an unfortunate side effect of Facebook and other social medias is that you have to listen to all the social media, uh, people and the warriors out there who promote their cause ignorantly and, um, don't care about the feelings that get hurt, uh, as they do it. So, um, you know, watching the whole new Trump thing happen or whatever it is. It seems like every week there's a new thing. Um, it just gets really frustrating to me. 
And I have some friends, uh, dear, dear friends, and I won't mention them by name, obviously, but, and they are, you know, kind of like, not activists, but they always speak up when something happens that they feel is wrong and they tell the world their position and all that. And I think, is that profitable to the kingdom of God for you to be a social media, um, social justice warrior, or a social media warrior, as I would call it? Um, and my, my position so far has been this. Um, if you are a friend of me on Facebook, you know, I always stay eerily quiet on those issues. When I was younger, I spoke up some more, uh, foolishly. <clears throat> you could find on my webpage and, or my Facebook page, cause I don't take it down. If I post it once, you know, it's like, I right, be a man and take it. I posted an open letter to Obama, uh, telling him that <laughs> back when they were talking about the fiscal cliff and all that, do you remember that? Like in 2013? Oh yeah. Um, I said, and then they raised the tax rate, the federal tax rate, which took like another 50 bucks a week out of my paycheck. Remember they did that big jump? Yeah. Oh, um, oh trust me. I remember. <laughs> I remember. I wrote, I, I wrote Obama an open letter telling him that he was about to push me off my own personal fiscal cliff. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I got flack from people about that, but, um, you know, I've since learned and they're probably right. And so I don't really do stuff like that anymore because of this. I'm not sure it's profitable to our testimony uh, for the kingdom of God. And um, I'll just leave it right there and let you kind of pick it up, Stephen, to see kind of see what you think about that. Yeah, okay. So I think we we definitely want to make a distinction here. Um, after it's always hearing, about definitions, isn't it? Yeah, Defining for me. The terms. For me, um, I think a social justice warrior is something that Christianity um, through the hist- history through history has always been um, they've never called it a social justice warrior um, but the the Christians were they were the um, the driving force behind abolishing slavery uh, they were the driving force of uh, equality for women in uh, especially with voting rights in the um, 20th century, so and other stuff like that, I can't, I can't think off the top of my head because I'm doing this all off the top of my head tonight. But the uh, the idea here is that social justice warrior um, is different than what you're you're determining here of a social media warrior, which I would determine as somebody who sits. Um, behind their screen they 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 have that's their shield is their computer screen they don't have to be face to face with anybody and they can spew whatever they want on the internet without any kind of logic or any kind of proof if you will and uh if you don't agree with them they can just say you're wrong because you're disagreeing with my opinions and so the snowball effect goes right so and, and- I think I'm not limiting it to that. Uh, I think that's the the first number one thing because uh, that's what I see most of um, okay. these days from our culture. Um, but I'm also, um, I would go as far as to say, for certain causes, that um, you know, social justice too. Okay, um, as far as that goes, yeah. All right, um, and I'm gonna assume I'm going to make some assumptions here and I correct me if I'm wrong but I believe you're you're specifically talking about people who um riot instead of protest um 
those in particular. I know that for me, watching watching the date, you know, the inauguration um, protests that happened were unbelievable. Um, and many people classified them as protesters instead of rioters. Also, they also classified them as social justice warriors. But in my in in my definition of the word word, I would say that creating chaos and havoc is not a social justice warrior. Say, I I prefer you know like righting the wrongs um, that pe- if that you can amicably. Um, and then also, um, you know, fighting for, you know, justice in all terms. Justice doesn't equate necessarily to getting everything that you want, but maybe doing what's right for all people. Right. Like, for instance, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. was a social justice warrior for a good Absolutely. cause. I mean, that mm-hmm. would be that would be a man that I'd march beside all day every day, right? Yeah, absolutely. But look at the way he did it. He did it through legal ways, he did it through um patience, he did it through peaceful protests. You know, it like he never struck anybody, he never stole anything, you know that. He did that, it in spite of um violence. Yeah, in spite of being hit, in spite mm-hmm. of being hosed down. You know, yeah. they still did what they did, and they did it with dignity. And um, that's not what we're seeing today. Today we are seeing the opposite. We're seeing a police force that has been um, kind of taken the power taken away from them a lot because of social media stuff and because of media. And we see, I've seen so many videos of rioters hitting them and stuff, and they just kind of take it and stand there. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what is happening? You know? Yeah. I saw I'm I saw a, a video today of I don't know where it was at, but some looters or rioters went into a place supposedly protesting and one rider punched another in the back of the head or something like that, knocked him out. And I'm like, these guys are just violent towards each other. They're just out of control violence, you know? Yeah. And, and uh, so that's not, that's not, um, that's not even social justice. That's just people who want to be violent being violent. Yeah, and and that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, let's. That's why I kind of wanted to find the difference here. You know, what what we're talking about here is we're talking about the quote unquote social justice warrior. But in all reality, if you were to look at it historically speaking and definition speaking, what we're talking about today is far from. What a social justice warrior wish. is and has been through history. Right. And I look at, like, <clears throat> I think of not only Martin Luther King, but, like, people are referencing, like, Wilberforce and slavery and all that stuff. I'm like, Wilberforce took years of going through Parliament and working. Decades. You know, to, yeah, through they, so they legally. And in the meantime, he had Christian brothers and sisters like the Wesleys and others who came alongside him to support the church through that time as they did Christian missions and things like that to help people. And so, you know, I guess the frustration for me is this. I see these people talk about how bad, you know, Syrian refugees are and all this stuff. And I say, how many of you Christians have gone to, if you're that concerned about the refugees, how many of you have gone to Syria to try and help get them out? You know, that's an option. Oh, but it's dangerous. Yeah, it's part of being a Christian and a missionary. You know what I mean? If that's something you're passionate about, it's dangerous, you know? And the whole thing for me is, you know, I just, 
I hate it that um, we can sit here and as say, you know, it's not Christian, and and you get all the churches in in on doing this, and and it becomes this the social media thing or the social justice thing becomes what we do. And now, granted, some some denominations like Methodism and stuff like that were built on social justice. That's kind of the history of the denomination and other things, but um, even the Wesleyans. Um, but we can never become so focused on um, <clears throat> the social justice aspect that we lose sight of the Jesus Christ aspect um, because that's why we're here and that's our mission and that's what we're here to do. Yes, there are things about um, life and about, um, how do you say, there are things about, uh, yeah, I guess life in, in general that are wrong and that Christ would want us to fight for, i.e., um, you know, I would say rights for the fetus in the womb. I think that's a, a something God would want us to fight for because that's life that he has created in the womb, right? Mm-hmm. So we are fighting his fight. Um, <clears throat> some would say uh, the Syrian refugee thing. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Um, those who are not terrorists, you know, that are really need a place that are being persecuted, yeah, get them here. But there's got to be a way that we can do it without... Uh, without losing um, safety for everybody in our country, you know? Um, So those are things we're fighting for. And so um, I just don't know if it's worth fighting for at the cost of our Christian testimony. You know, and what I mean by that is, let me clarify a little more. I know it's confusing, and I go back and forth on this. That's why it's confusing. So I don't want people to know me because I'm the guy that always posts about Syrian refugees. I want people to know me because I'm the guy who always talks about Jesus that uh, wants to be more like Jesus, the guy that um, trains other people to be like Jesus. Like, that's what I want to be known for. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it makes perfect sense. And what, you know, like uh, to go along with you, I, I, I agree with you that um, I'm taking a, um, when I when it comes to Facebook especially, I'm taking a hiatus right now. Uh, I still have my account open, but I don't go on it. I, I deleted the app off my phone. The only time I use, I post things on Facebook via other apps. Um, like whenever I post a, a blog post, it just automatically shares it on my Facebook. So I'm not, I'm not watching and reading everything like that because, and, and I agree with you in 100% that we need to be cognizant of the fact that what we say and do is a direct reflection of who we are, whether we choose to to do so or not whether we choose to um make it a reflection or not that is truly how people view it so the world looks at us and what we are doing and sees whether or not we are what we say we are especially when it comes to christians we are criticized and scrutinized more now than we ever have been in the past and that is mainly because people are looking at uh, our our social justice battles that we have taken up and they see how hypocritical some of these um, social justice warriors are against certain things um, and they don't um, accept what we say and ba- mainly because, you know, to me, I've always looked at it this way. The people who scream the loudest usually are heard. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are 
the the most truthful of the the organization but they they just happen it's that whole concept of the squeaky wheel gets the grease and so the uh, the idea there is is the world knows of christianity by the people who are screaming about christianity the loudest yeah and so it doesn't necessarily mean that um that person knows what he's he or she is talking about nine ninety 90% of the time i don't think anybody knows what they're talking about when they're yelling in a heated form they're just um going off of emotion less of logic more um emotional state yeah. so that's why the greatest debaters that i've ever witnessed are the people who take time to realize what is being said and that they can counter what is happening. It has nothing to do with being quicker at the, you know, quicker at the hip than um, than the person next to you, um, or being louder than the person next to you. That has that to me. Now, that's personal. When I, when I've looked at people debating or having an argument, um, those are, those are people who take a minute and actually give sound logic or give a muted response back, those usually end up being the people that know uh, intellectually what they're talking about, whereas people who don't necessarily know what they're talking about seem to just get louder and more explicit and more... um, Violent. Violent. So that's a great word for it. And so... The, and you can see that in in the evidence that we're that we've been talking about today, is that violence has just grown to the point where like I don't think that most of the people that are rioting or slash protesting whatever I I have a problem when people call it a protest when there are bricks being thrown at glass, you know, that's not yeah. a protest to me. It's it's a riot. We're fighting. Um, fighting but, police officers fighting each other. Yeah. So the idea here is, is like, you see that, like, I don't think they know what they're um, protesting against. I think they have the this general idea, but they don't know the specifics. They don't know the the logic or the the actual arguments that they want to make. So instead of, you know, learning and trying to figure out that that piece of it, they just go into violent rage mode and. Yeah and go out go out of their way to do that that's so you're absolutely right i believe that we are a direct reflection of and of who we are um behind the scenes when we when we spew i i i use that word negatively but we can also put it towards people who just put things on facebook um, when we put something on Facebook, it is a direct reflection of who we are when somebody reads into it. It's not just reading it, it's reading into it as well. Right. And to kind of narrow it down a little bit, um, my argument would be that if you have gone so heavy in a direction of a cause or whatever that you are known for that, whether that's feminism, whether that's Black Lives Matter or whatever, um, you just really have to be careful. And, and I actually did a blog post on this. You can go to my blog at shoutingintheWild.com 
a while ago when the whole uh, Black Lives Matter thing was happening. And it was a warning to Christians to not tie yourselves to Black Lives Matter. Not because um, it is, not because I, I feel like there isn't a problem or that, you know, I'm not nullifying what they're doing, but it's an organization, an agenda that you don't know all the pieces to. And you are tying yourself to somebody else's agenda. And as a Christian, that's very dangerous, um, you know, because our agenda is not the same as the world's agenda. Our agenda is to promote Christ and the things of Christ. And um, that's not, believe it or not, everybody's agenda and every organization's agenda. So, um, you know, just have to, uh, I don't know, um, be careful about that and, and be cognizant of what you're supporting. And, you know, a lot of college age people get, you know, wrapped up in that. And that's the typical time you people start, you know, protesting and getting involved and, and doing that stuff. But you have to be careful because very quickly you can push people away um, when you should be you know, trying to attract them to Christ. Instead, you've pushed them away and you've really ruined your ability to witness to them through that. You know, it's the same idea as, um, you know, like people who, I know lots of pastors who won't drink in public, not because they, um, excuse me, not because they don't, they think drinking is evil or wrong, but because they don't want to cause somebody else to think poorly of them or think differently of them so that they can have the chance to share the gospel with them, you know? Yeah. So if you become a really liberal, um, you know, person who supports all the liberal causes and all that, there's going to be people who won't even talk to you because, um, because of that. And is that wrong on their part? Yes. But also you could do yourself a favor by not being so, um, blatantly, um, for that or, you know, all over Facebook or whatever. <clears throat> now, do I believe in, you know, the amendments and that you should be able to do that? Well, yeah, I do. Um, but realize as a Christian, you are making a stance for something that is probably not a, um, a hill to die on as a Christian. So mm. um, you just have to be careful because all of those choices that you make have consequences. Yeah, and, and I, I, I agree with you. And I, th- I would, I would even take it further and and say that you know, as a young person, if you are listening to this, or any person in general, ask yourself um, some some deep questions like why are you why are you fighting for this particular cause? Um, if it, regardless if it's conservative or liberal or anything, you have to don't don't just answer that question um, of why you're doing it with the surface the surface level question because because it's the right thing to do well let's be honest what else in the and i mean there's always another way to accomplish your goal that doesn't end that doesn't have a path to violence right. or doesn't have a path to argumentativeness um i mean this is something that you know christians are called to be a peaceful people you know jesus said you know um when someone slaps you turn to him the other cheek so that he may slap the other side um when when he forces you to walk a mile walk with him another mile these things are are inherent in in our belief system because they are they were spoken from you know god himself 
in Jesus. So like we have to we have to always ask ourselves these questions like why are we doing this and the next question would be is this going to help me help God build the kingdom right and if if those two questions can't be answered on a deeper level then then we definitely need to question our motives right. in that and then if you if, the, if that question goes further is this going to hinder me from building the kingdom absolutely then that is should be a definite answer you know um, and I just think it's, you know, there are lots of things, <laughs> lots of things about this that are, are hard. And I know that, um, people will argue and say that, um, well, we're Christians and we're supposed to, you know, love the unlovable and look out for the widow and the orphan and those who are at least yeah, I get it. But looking out for them doesn't necessarily mean, um, rioting with them or, um, you know, uh, all that stuff because we become pawns in a scheme that is, um, not ours kind of, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, and then we lose sight of the big picture. I mean, the question then is I always, I always have this when people give me that whole, well, you're a Christian, you should feel, feel this way about certain things. I go, what, um, in particular, what does protesting slash rioting actually do for a homeless person or a widow or an orphan? Um, and I could I can honestly say that factually it does nothing. Me taking care of them does something more than me standing in front of a political sign or a political um, office or building and um, protesting does nothing compared to me actually going and being the hands and feet of Jesus at the rescue mission or at the um, out on the street handing out food and water. Um, I mean, those are things that I can get behind. I can't get behind standing there. I can't even really get behind um, having an argument against somebody on social media there's no reason or rhyme or benefit to that um it doesn't help anybody um in fact it deteriorates the relationship that i may have with that person in the future that god may be able to use to bring them to him right so why would i um let that occur um yeah it's it's in my power to stop it so if it's in my power to stop it and i and i want the kingdom to be to grow then obviously the the only thing that i have to do is t- to stop it right and you know it used to be the hard thing is that you know it used to be hard to be like a, a social justice person like i think about you know back in the the 60s during civil rights and stuff like that like those people really put their lives on the line but now it's not. It's like the cool thing. It's the trendy thing to be a social media or to be like a social justice person. <laughs> and so, I mean, they're not even, I mean, you're not Martin Luther King, you know, you're, you're not, it, it's just different. And yeah, people are getting, I don't know. And I don't know, maybe I should just stop. Well, that. that's a good point though. Like if it's something that everybody is doing, then we have to start asking ourselves, are we if everybody's doing it but we're not seeing any um real change then 
is is it a good cause? Like, it's one of those things where, like, if everybody's doing, if everybody's jumping off a bridge, then do you jump off that bridge? Well, obviously, I mean, that's detrimental to your health, let alone um, somebody else's health. So, I mean, that's one of those things that you brought up a good point is that it used to be a difficult thing because standing up for the right thing is difficult because in this world, right things don't occur. They, it's just, I mean, this past Sunday we had during a sermon, it was why do, why do bad things happen? And then more importantly, why do bad things happen to good people? And these are questions, you know, the world is bent right now on evil because that's what, since the beginning, you know, since the fall of man, we live in an evil fallen world and, you know, it takes effort and difficulty to accomplish righteous and good things and what what these these protests and these um uh riots are doing aren't ta- they aren't standing up for the right thing I, and in my opinion i believe that's kind of why they descend into violence more often than not is because there's absolutely no logic to the to the the protest so somebody can actually just infiltrate that and turn it and bend it towards a violent rage pretty quickly whereas if 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 it truly was a peaceful and right thing to do many people would probably disperse from that violence immediately and the the individuals that had started the violence could be um uh, could be arrested and um and you know like brought to the actual justice that they do but but unfortunately when one person turns into violence when there's no direction no right direction necessarily then probably madness will ensue eventually mm-hmm. and you know it's i don't know i don't know it's frustrating i'm frustrated by the whole thing so it's hard for me to talk about it but uh it's just like um i guess if you don't have somebody who if they have a cause that is, um, they all have a stake in it. You know what I mean? Like, think about civil rights. Like, they all had a stake in that cause. You know, they they needed that cause to, to, um, to succeed, and so they didn't want to mess it up. They didn't want to. They didn't want to go into violence and give authorities a real reason to shut them down. So they were committed to nonviolence and they took those things. And whereas. Um, now it's just like since it's the cool thing a lot of these people don't have that'll just jump onto this bandwagon don't have um really uh a reason to play nice and so they'll just come in and mess up your whole deal so i i don't know Mm -hmm. i don't know i don't know what the answer is all i know is as um as a christian you have to be careful uh how closely you, you get tied to a lot of this stuff and um I would say. in particular uh, politics as well. I mean, polit- politically um, and socially, this is this is a line that Christians have to, in my opinion, they have to they have to walk f- that fine line because I mean, I'm to the point where like I don't really feel like as a Christian, I do I I don't 
need to be in any form of political um, discussion. I, I like to have political discussion, but as I like to have it, you know, behind behind closed doors with close friends and family um, who know who I am and can understand that I'm not I'm not, you know, lose I'm not losing it in my mind type <laughs> thing. You know, I mean, like I'm not. I'm not one to sit there and like have a political debate with somebody I don't know because one, I don't know them. They don't know me and things can get construed in a very negative light pretty quickly. Um, and again, you don't know you lose your, you might lose your opportunity to ever share Christ with them or, you know, ex- exactly. So that's why I stay away from it. But, oh, well there are the bells. You know what that means? It's time for our closing thoughts. Mr. Steven, would you like to go first tonight? Um, yeah, I, I'm going to actually um, use this time to uh, to read a little bit of a, uh, a section of a, a blog post that I'm working on um, that is kind of an open letter to those who are um, struggling with the, with the United States currently um, in light of... Um, Mr. Donald Trump becoming our president, and I'm gonna I'm titling I the 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 title of the blog post is, um and in, in the works still so but I've been racking my brain over the last couple months, um but really just the last ten days or so since the inauguration of the president of the United States, and I've been wondering why, um many people especially those in the media, um are so distraught and melancholy about the state of our world and how different it was for people who happen to be on the opposite side of that um, argument. And even to the middle um, of the, the argument um, who happen to be Christians. And here's my response for those who may find it difficult to understand why many Christians, such as Ryan and I, um, aren't very worried about um, Donald Trump becoming our president. And um, that's because we aren't thrown into this world by accident. We aren't, we, are, we aren't plopped into a set of circumstances by chance. We, we know the Creator. We know that the Creator of heaven and earth placed us here for a particular time so that we can accomplish His will and help Him build the kingdom. So we aren't worried necessarily about the state of the culture around us or the country we live in. You see, for the last eight years, whether you believe it or not, the world hasn't been peachy for those who claim to be Christians because for the last 2,000 years, the world hated Christians and still they're not fond of our peace, and that is P-E-A-C-E, our peace of mind. So it really doesn't matter to us who the president of the United States is because on the whole, it doesn't change our goal, it doesn't change our mission, and it doesn't change our purpose at all because the only thing it can change is our method of accomplishing the goal which God gave us. So that is just a, a just an excerpt of the blog post and the argument that I lay out, but it it really doesn't change anything for Christians who the president of. And I would have been saying the same thing that I'm saying now if Hillary had become president. Because to me, 
it doesn't matter who the president of the United States is because my goal and my king are still the same. My king is Jesus Christ, and he will reign forever regardless of who's reigning right now. And I put that in quotations, reigning right now. So um, you can find me on any of the social medias at stoneswillcry.com uh, or at stoneswillcry and then also at stoneswillcry.com and lfmpu.com. Ryan? Thanks, Steven. Good thoughts. Thanks for sharing those. Um, so I guess what I want to say is brief and um, easy, and that is just before you hit send, think about what your statement might do to limit your ability to impact the kingdom of God. Um, because there are real consequences for the words we speak and the words we type. And I would hate for that consequence to be that someone doesn't hear the message of the gospel because they saw the post you had and they disagreed with you. And whether we like it or not, whether it's fair or not, we can say that, well, they should be more mature than that to realize that, you know, they're two different things just because politically I think one thing, well, unfortunately, some people just aren't. And sometimes we aren't. And so we have to realize that we're dealing with flawed humans and that if there's anything that we can do to open the door to be able for them to accept Christ, to be able for them to hear the gospel, even if that means that we don't get the pleasure of voicing our own political sentiments or our own ideas um, on social media, then maybe that's a sacrifice we need to make as Christians. And that's um, as long as, you know, there are obviously lines for this. Um, as long as um, we are able to still support life and things like that and support things God wants to support, doesn't mean that we need to um, jump on every bandwagon that we think is wrong or needs supported. So just think before you hit send. That's my my big thing and think about whether it's going to impact your ability to share the gospel and to be Jesus to somebody. That's it for me. You can find me on shouting the wild.com and all the other social media outlets. I'm there still, unfortunately. So Uh, I'd like to thank our subscribers and listeners who chose to listen to us today. We're so humbled. You decided to allow us to be a part of your day. You guys really are the best audience a podcast could ask for. This episode was brought to you by ElephantPew.com. Check that out for any of our up-to-date information, um, whether it's our personal blogs um, or Elephant in the Pew. And you can find us on all the social media outlets. Uh, My favorite one is iTunes, actually. You can find us on iTunes. uh, Subscribe, rate, review, and that helps us with our ratings with um, the other people who are looking for good podcasts to listen to. So go there and do that. But you can find us on Google Play Store or Blueberry or any of those. Um, We are there, and we would love, love, love for you to go there and subscribe. That is all from me today, Stephen. You have anything left? Nope. I'm, I'm, I have, I'm all spent. (laughs) All right. Well, everybody, thanks for tuning in tonight. We love you guys and God bless. God bless.